Hello, and welcome to IMJDB. I'm your host, Jim, and together with my Disney princess, Nikki, we'll be your guys to this week in geek, covering the latest pop culture in movies and streaming TV shows. This week, we'll be embiggening ourselves and facing mortality as we look to the, uh, the trailers for Miss Marvel and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Yay! So, as always, lots and lots to get through. That's <laughs> an understatement this week. Episode 11. Yeah. Here we go. So, HBO, HBO Max, uh, Sky. Uh, the Flight Attendant it returns for its second season on Sky Max in May. No exact date yet. Uh, it stars Kaylee Curaco from Big Bang Theory and Harley Quinn. Uh, Rosie Perez of White Men Can't Jump and Birds of Prey. And Zosia Mame uh, from Girls and Dickinson. The second season will see Cassie living her best sober life in LA while moonlighting as a CIA asset before an overseas mission causes her to witness another murder. And here we go again. Uh-oh. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Love the flight attendant last season. That was a, that came out of nowhere, and that was a great murder mystery. She woke up with a dead body in our hotel yeah. room, and then it, it talked to her in her mind. That's right. It, it was kind of like... Um... In the same way, the De- Dexter has that dark passenger of that of of uh, his dead sister. Oh, spoiler! Sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> of, of how how it talks to her, and in the flight attendant, it's very similar, and it kind of guides her through this crazy little like story that I yeah, didn't really quite see coming. Very much so. I mean, the first season was based on a book. I, mm-hmm. I'm told that this is wholly original. Oh. But then again, The Handmaid's Tale has been to- uh, wholly original since season two, and uh, that that's worked just fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the Handmaid's Tale, of course, has had Margaret Atwood as an advisor during filming, and it's been very much seen as a way of her telling her story as it would have done anyway. I mean, apart from the fact, yeah, we have changed the ending of the book. But anyway, we're getting off topic now. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> if anyone doesn't know, I absolutely adore Margaret Atwood, and The Handmaid's Tale was a pretty influential book as a young teenage Nikki. I saw season one, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, so careening straight into the superhero landscape now, more Blue Beetle news, and it's added even more cast members. So I do apologise in advance. I'm going to have to say all these names if I butcher them. I didn't mean to. Uh, so even more cast members. So George Lopez, uh, who was in Rio and Reno 911 as Uncle Rudy. Uh, Adriana Bardaza. Uh, from the uh, FX show Snowfall, we still haven't checked that out yet. We should, we should, we should watch that. It's about the cocaine epidemic in the eighties. It's been sure. really good, up there with the Wire, apparently. Uh, and also the original Thor movie. She was in that as Nana, uh, Elipida Carrillo from uh, Predator, and also uh, she was a main character in Mayans MC right. as well uh, as Rocio and Damon Alcazar. Uh, from Narcos and Apple's recent Acapulco uh, comedy as Alberto. In a recent interview, uh, director Angel Manuel Soto said, for this movie, he wants to move away from the Latino stereotypes, gardeners, immigrants, narcos, and prove that they can be something more, including superheroes. Um, So the filming is going to start in Puerto Rico over the summer, and he wants to use Jaime's background as uh, being raised in the barrio, as a chance to tell a more dramatic story where we learn about uh, about Jaime and and he represents his community with authenticity. He wants him to be the people's hero. So, ah, like Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I mean, this movie could, could, could do for the Latin community what Black Panther uh, did for the black community. Yeah, yeah, potentially, I guess. I mean, the, the cast they've, they've lined up is fantastic. Uh, Cholo Maradula is just 
brilliant in Cobra Kai is Miguel. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a great leading man, and you know if if they want a counterpart to Spider Man, I think they found him in 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 that. I think it's just it'll be interesting to see again another culture, another another backstory, as you say, based in 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 kind of fact and truth and and how people live their lives. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, apparently humans... the family aspect is very important to this director. Yeah. So we, we, we've we've seen that recently in in, in Encanto that uh, that kind of dynamic dynamic if done well can work. Exactly, and and that's it, isn't it? Um, we all we all have families. We all have our own little lives, and as humans, we like people watching. I mean, that's why reality show TV works so well. Because let's face it, we all like to sit back and watch, and I I think it'll be great to see. Um, a little bit more of what's happening in Puerto Rico. And in fact, I think that could be a honeymoon destination. <laughs> really? <laughs> I really want to go to South America. Hey, if it's good enough for Limo or Miranda, <laughs> it's good enough for me. But I digress. So moving on to a new animated series, Batman Cape Crusader. Um, this is going to be for HBO Max. Uh, it's created by Bruce Tim from the original Batman the Animated Series. And he's recruited two of my favourite comic book writers, uh, both legends in their own right, uh, Ed Brubaker and Greg Rucker, who had a legendary run on a comic called uh, Gotham Central, which looked at the GCPD and how Batman affects their day-to-day operations. Uh, he Ed, Ed Brubaker created the Winter Soldier character for Marvel. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, now you're interested. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Sorry, having, my brain was trying to work out what GCPD stands for. The Gotham, well, I've got it Gotham now. Central yeah, Police Department. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, why that's, I looked right. confused and my brain <laughs> Gotham hurt. City Police Department. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, apparently this is going to reimagine the Batman mythos. J.J. Uh, Abrams and Matt Reeves, who directed the recent Batman, uh, the Batman movie, mm. are producing. And um, yeah, more Batman animated is always a good thing. Is it? <laughs> There's quite a lot of it out there. <laughs> the Batman animated series dropped. You, you, it began back when Batman Returns came out of the cinema, and it's it's absolutely captured the the feel and the tone of the Dark Knight perfectly in my eyes. Okay, so this is this is an animated TV show. It's an animated TV show. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of animated TV shows, Harley Quinn season three oh, is gearing up for HBO that. Max. Uh, that but that will be on all four eventually in the UK really? whenever oh, whenever they get it. And it's cast what we do in the shadows, Harvey Gillen. Yeah, uh, and he's also going to be in Blue Beetle as we learned last yeah, week yeah. Uh, as Dick Grayson, Nightwing, formerly oh. Robin. Oh. Yeah. So 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 yeah, he's going to play Nightwing, which is uh huge. I'm a Latin Latin actor play uh play Nightwing, I Dick think, Grayson. I think it's more the fact that we're bringing Robin or Darkwing, a uh, Darkwing into Harlequin. Oh, poor poor guy. What are they going to do to him? Well, yeah, I'm just thinking I really <laughs> love that Harley show. I think it's full of great humor. It's not too serious. It has it has lovely heartwarming moments in it. I love the relationship between Harley and Poison Ivy, and I can't get enough of um, of the shark, King Shark, King yeah. Shark, uh, who's voiced by Ron Ron Funches, Funches. That's right. Oh, I just love him to pieces, and it just <laughs> do you know what? I could just watch hours of that show. It's brilliant. I, for one, need more of that. <laughs> yeah, and also James Gunn has confirmed that he's going to cameo as himself. In season three of Harley Quinn. Really? Yeah. Oh. I really hope that's tied to Peacemaker in some way. Oh, maybe. Whenever that starts. <laughs> Tuesday. It's starting this Tuesday in the UK, everybody. Is it actually? Yeah, all eight oh. episodes are dropping. 
So as, maybe, as we said last week, it's, so maybe we get to understand a bit more about the opening credits then. Twenty second of March. Fingers crossed. I think here. I think it's time for a binge. So moving on now to the Barbie movie. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Greta yeah. Gerwig is directing it. It's, it sounds like it could be very interesting. And it's just cast Alexandra Shipp, who was the female lead in Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, she was. she's also uh, played Storm in uh, the recent X-Men films, the ones I haven't watched because no. they weren't MCU. But yeah, anyway, talented lady, uh, interesting project. Did she sing in Tick, Tick, We'll see how that goes. Yeah, she did, Yeah, she, she did, yeah. Are we going to get a song? Yeah, the, the, in fact, are we going to get some songs in this Barbie movie? Well, you it know, Mar- I'm pretty sure Margot Robbie can sing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just so, thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, so The Time Traveller's Wife is a six-episode miniseries based on the, uh, based on the book by Audrey Neffenegger. Uh, this ad- adaptation, there was a movie a few years ago, yeah. uh, but this adaptation is written by Stephen Moffat, a man who knows a thing or two about time, being the showrunner of Doctor Who for over mm-hmm. four years mm-hmm. and also co-creator of Sherlock with Mark Gatiss. Yeah. And we saw him, didn't we? We, we did. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, we went to a um, I, I, an orchestral Yeah, we Doctor went to who. Doctor Who... Um, Symphonic Spectacular. That was what it was called. Well done. That is what it was and called. It was, I still uh, got my baton. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and I took you as a surprise, didn't I? And um, indeed, it was, it was at was it Wembley, wasn't it? Yeah, Wembley that, Arena. Yeah, and right. it was before. Um, oh, it was even before date. Hmm, who was the last Doctor actually? Peter Capaldi was the Doctor while it was on. Yeah, yeah, and it was absolutely incredible because it, essentially it was just two hours of all the fantastic BBC Philharmonic Orchestra playing all the characters' different tunes and there was really cool stuff that happened like when they played the March of the Cybermen oh, yeah, they had the full, Cybermen full came special effects to... with the people in costumes yeah, and yeah, then just great. randomly they shone a spotlight <laughs> Peter Davidson <laughs> former Doctor himself uh, yeah. he, he called out um, Stephen Moffat that's right he said let's ask Stephen yeah, Moffat where he gets the ideas for his stories yeah well I can tell you, after the interval, <laughs> Stephen Moffat wasn't in that seat anymore, that's yeah. for certain. I don't think he was expected to be called out. <laughs> no. But anyway, he's doing this adaptation of The Time Traveller's Wife for HBO and Sky. Um, and it's going to be directed by David Nutter, who directed many, many episodes of Game of Thrones. And also, in oh. my opinion, every important TV pilot of the last 20 years, from The X-Files onwards, David Nutter has directed. Oh, so basically you're saying we, we, we've got to check this out. This we is a must-see, yeah. yeah. It's starring Rose Leslie from Game, Game of Thrones and also Downton Abbey. Okay, yeah. She was Ygritte in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, and Theo James from a show called Sanditon, which I've not watched, but it sounds like something you'd watch. Yeah, I've not heard of Sand- Sanditon. Sanditon, no? Okay, fair enough. Well, apparently a couple's relationship is put to the ultimate test when time travel gets involved. So that is going to drop sometime after it finishes in HBO Max in the States. So hopefully by the end of May, we'll see it in the UK. Okay, that's soon. Okay, that's good. Sounds like it could be interesting. How about Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, we're moving to Paramount now. Sorry, <laughs> Par- Paramount have a Dungeons and Dragons movie in development. Now uh, I I know what you're thinking, but apparently this is going for the same kind of tone as the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Okay, I, you know, I thought you were going to say the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon show. A Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> movie. <laughs> I, for one, used to watch so much of that. And anybody who's probably younger than about 30 has got no idea what oh, we're going yeah, on Yeah, yeah, we're, we're really not 
talking to our audience right now. No, sorry. Uh, get back back to your uh, your news, Voice of the Kids, Jim. That's right. Anyway, this is going to be written and directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who wrote the Fantastic Vacation. Uh, they also wrote Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah. That was a script. That was an amazing script that they did. Uh, and they've also directed uh, Game Night and and uh, the John Cena movie Vacation Friends. Okay, which again shouldn't work as a movie, but it's actually really funny. Vacation Friends, go and watch it. That's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, Cena can do no wrong. Uh, I'm sure Peacemaker is going to knock it out of the park. I I, I can't wait. <laughs> but anyway, starring uh, sorry, sorry, uh, yeah, just to clarify, John Cena's not in this movie, but Chris Pine, <laughs> Chris Pine is Chris Pine of Star Trek and Wonder Woman fame. Um, also, Michelle Rodriguez in the Fast and Furious franchise Lost in Avatar. She's in it. Uh, and also, this, this will be one for you. Rijay uh, Jean Page from Bridgerton. Okay. Yeah, the, the guy. The guy. The main guy. There the you go. guy. The guy. Yeah, him. He, yeah. He's going to be in it. That's just going to make me want more Bridgerton. That's and Paddington 2 star Hugh Grant. Yeah, because that's all he's known for is Paddington 2. That's the best movie he's been in. Oh, that's a bit mean. No, that is the best movie he's been in. <laughs> Paddington <laughs> 2. I don't know, Four Weddings was quite good. No, it's not. No Paddington 2, I'm afraid. <laughs> I mean, Paddington 2 is better. I mean, I'm crossing my fingers for Paddington 3, but, you, you know, can, can you top Paddington 2? I don't think anything can. Anyway, that, so... Sorry, <laughs> sorry, that silence was me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'd like to see Paddington 3. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say you wanted to see Paddington 2 again, because, you know, whenever you want, let's do it. Okay, we'll say rock and roll, we're watching Paddington, Paddington 2 Paddington 2, I won't hear a bad word against it. I really like the scene in the kitchen when they're making the cakes. <laughs> <laughs> so also on Paramount uh, Plus, uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, uh, following uh, Captain Pike, uh, Spock and Number One. Don't uh, tell him, Pike! <laughs> not, not that Pike. Um <laughs> Stupid boy. <laughs> so it's, it started production on season two already before season one even drops. Sorry, uh, in what? The, season two, it started production yeah. of yeah. Strange New oh, Worlds. Before they even put it out? Yeah, before they're season that, one. They're that confident about it. They're that yeah, confident. That's a good sign. So that's dropping on the 5th of May in the US uh, and, and whenever Paramount Plus launches in the UK, mm. probably this summer. Okay. So that, that'll be, um, I think, yeah. Basically, if you have Sky Q, Paramount Plus is free with your subscription. If you have Now TV and the Movies package, Paramount Plus is also free with your subscription. But other than that, my parents have Sky Q. I'll, I'll go watch the shows around their house. We'll just have to wait until uh, <laughs> they put it up. Then they'll 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 <laughs> welcome my presence. I'm sure. So we know all Dad's Army's references. <laughs> <laughs> Also, season two of uh, Strange New Worlds has cast Paul Wesley of the Vampire Diaries as Shock James T. Kirk. Oh. Yeah, because, of course, Kirk replaces Pike in Star Trek. And uh, interestingly, they introduced him that early. Yeah, unless he's like work experience boy. <laughs> he's like bringing Pike all the cups of coffee. Cause, like... TJ Temp Worker. <laughs> he might be. 
I mean, Kirk's got to start somewhere. We know he ri- rose through the ranks and had trouble at, at you know, at the academy. Um, so yeah, maybe we get to see some shenanigans of teenage Kirk. I mean, I hope we don't concentrate on him. I want to concentrate shenanigans on of teenage Kirk. Now, that, <laughs> now that's a spin-off. <laughs> I mean, what would he get up to? I imagine like wrestling. <laughs> wrestling lizards. <laughs> wrestling lizards. Um, and making it with hot alien babes. Yeah. Like Zach Brannigan. <laughs> We've watched far too much Future Arm recently. We really have at the moment. We're trying to catch up when the uh, the new season starts next year. Oh, and you should and just. We've be... got so much to watch. <laughs> I just, just, you forget how genius Future Armor is, don't you? It really was. But anyway, we're talking about Sony now and Spump, the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. We're back to Madam Web again. So, um, the Sorry, co- you just said Madam Web, and I've just spotted a <laughs> tiny little spider. It's just there. Nice. It's, yeah. good to, it's good to know that IMJDB Towers is infested with spiders. Yeah, at least we don't have flies. <laughs> In fact, true. it was um, National Save a Spider Day this week. <laughs> okay. Thanks yeah. for bringing that to my attention. <laughs> You're welcome. It's important because, as you know, spiders eat quite a lot of pests and flies. And as we're heading towards picnic season, <laughs> you have a spider in your house. Don't hoover them up. Just let them be a spider. Words to live by from Nikki there. There you go. So anyway, back to spiders and Madam Web. Uh, the Madam Web movie stars Dakota, Dakota Johnson. Uh, and now it's added Euphoria's uh, Sydney Sweeney in an under wraps role. Sorry. Under wraps role? Yeah, Who do you reckon undisclosed role. I, I don't know. Apparently she's a co-female lead. Uh, she also played a character called Eden in uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so... Oh, yeah. No, she was terrifying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, yeah. So she's going to be in Madam Web as well. And apparently Madam Web, Sony have said, will be uh, Sony Pictures' universe of Marvel characters' answer to Doctor Strange. Ah, uh, Okay. And question, could we get Spider-Gwen in their universe, or is Spider-Gwen still owned by... I, I wouldn't be surprised to see all the uh, Spider-Verse characters turning up in the MCU eventually. Even Spider-Pig? <laughs> Maybe not Spider-Pig. <laughs> you mean Spider-Ham, of course. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Spider-Pig's Sp- from The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> but that brings us neatly onto our next... <laughs> Our next article, because Rich Moore... Uh, sorry, we're talking about Apple TV now. Okay. Uh, and Skydance Animation. And they've just signed Rich Moore, one of the original eight directors of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director of Wreck-It Ralph and Zootopia. Skydance have stolen him away from Disney. He he Yeah, he's joined his friends uh, John Lasseter and Brad Bird yeah. over at Skydance Media. They're, they're, they're building a studio there. They I really mean, are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's signed an exclusive uh, multi-year deal to write, create and direct new animated features exclusively for Apple and Skydance Animation. I mean, I really think people are underestimating the power of Apple TV. I mean, we have watched so much great <laughs> Apple TV content. Apple TV is bar none the best streaming service at this point in time. I 100% agree with you. And it, it, you would think, you were like, what? That makes no sense. But we haven't watched one <clears throat> shitty show on Apple TV. No, no, you're right. Everything we've watched, we've gone, oh, we need to watch that again, we need to watch that again, we need to watch the next episode. And actually, every time we recommend TV shows, we often recommend something from Apple TV+. Plus. There, there's something for everyone on Apple, mm-hmm. seriously. And now they're getting that, that powerhouse of all that, you know, legendary Disney 
um, content producers. Yeah. Uh, they've only, at Apple they've TV. only they've only put out one animated feature so far. It's a twenty minute sh- no, a ten minute short called Blush, which we've not had a chance to watch yet. Okay. But it looks. Oh really, yeah, you really said good. that to me yesterday. Do you want to watch this? And I went, no. No, you did say <laughs> that. But then again, you were quite tired, so I understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, they got their first movie, Luck, uh, opening. I think either this year or next year um, on, on Apple TV. Disney needs to wake up and pay attention that this kind of stuff is happening around them. I'm pretty sure they do, but, I mean, Disney's had a bit of a wobbly couple of years, not just with its animation, but, you know, with its staffing and how it's investing its money and even who's at the top at the moment, so. Yeah, controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on Amazon now, um, I know they'd, like, they'd like me to say Prime Video, but I'm not going to say that. It's, it's Amazon. <laughs> Um, and Nancy Boys, uh, based on one of my favourite writers, uh, Neil Gaiman, the novel by him. Uh, he, Neil's also going to produce and co-run this show. That's the third series he's showrunning oh, now. No, I can't after, wait for this. After Sandman for Netflix and also uh, Good Omens Season 2 mm-hmm. uh, for, for Amazon. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is filming in Edinburgh as we speak. And uh, it's about a young boy, played by Malachi Kirby from Black Mirror, Small Axe, mm-hmm. uh, who discovers his father, Del- played by legendary actor Delroy Lindo, was actually a trickster god better known as a Nancy. Ah. So, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. Uh, that, that, it's, a, it's a great book. It's a very, 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 very good book. Um, <laughs> I can't really say much more than that without spoiling it. No, I think it'll be a great one for it to be unravelled on the stage and on the stage, on the screen. And let's face it, Neil Gaiman, you can't do no wrong, he's a wonderful writer. Uh, really lovely bloke. And it, uh, if you go back and listen to one of our other <coughs> podcasts, we talk about when we um, got a... Uh, we had, yeah, we did go to an evening with Neil yeah. Gaiman in Portsmouth. That was quite fun. Yeah, lovely bloke. Oh, and we saw in the naming, naming, the naming of his street as yeah, well. Yeah, the ocean uh, the, at the end the of bus the lane. Mm-hmm. Ocean at the end of the bus lane. And, yeah. I, and I've seen some content on like, Instagram or Twitter, I think it was, from David Tennant posting some pictures of them from the set of oh, Good Omens 2. Oh, cool. Um, which I imagine is quite hard to, to be filming right now because obviously Terry Pratchett's not alive anymore. No, yeah. Um, and, but he was there for the first series, wasn't he? Because um, him and Neil... In fact, Neil, Neil took his Neil hat. Was to, That's right. Yeah, um, took his hat to to the set, didn't he? Yeah, and they it, wrote good omens together. Is that right? Yeah, because uh, Terry always always said that he wanted to be sitting down watching good omens in That's the cinema right. with yeah. the biggest bag of popcorn mm-hmm. imaginable, and Neil sort of made that uh, that happen. Yeah, uh, because uh, the, 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 there's a scene with uh, Neil Gaiman sitting in the cinema mm. in in Good Omens season one. Uh, and there's a huge bag of popcorn next to him, and it's wearing Terry's hat, which <laughs> yeah. is which is very cool. I think like a fitting tribute to the great man. Yeah, um, definitely himself. But yeah, I can't wait for all of those three shows that are coming from Neil Gaiman. That's going to be great. Yeah, more Neil Gaiman is always good. Yeah. It's always good. Um, so moving on to Netflix now, the Umbrella Academy season three finally has an air date. They've announced it's June twenty second this year. Oh. So that that will be very very cool, and um, yes. Yeah, so uh, basically, whether you're reading the books or watching the TV show, you've been left at the same point. The Umbrella Academy have come face to face with the mysterious Sparrow Academy, oh. and all bets are now off. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Okay. Uh, speaking of umbrellas uh, <laughs> and, and, and Netflix, beautiful segue. Uh, Resident Evil. 
has a release date. Oh, I see how you did. Resident that. Evil. Uh, so yeah, that, um, that, that's going to be July fourteenth of this year, and uh, nearly three decades after the discovery of the T virus and the outbreak, uh, it's going to reveal Umbrella Corp's dark secrets. It's based on the survival horror series of video games, and it's going to star. La- yeah, this is an interesting casting. Lance Reddick, uh, Daniels from The Wire. All right. Uh, he was also in Fringe and Lost. Uh, as Albert Wesker. Hmm. I don't know much about Resident Evil. I just know it's a computer game that's too scary for me to play. That's <laughs> oh, so a summation. Yeah. But you'll, you, you'll check out the show, right? Yeah, of course I will. Yeah, I can hide behind good. a cushion if I need to. From what I hear, it's going to take place in two timelines, one before the outbreak and yeah. one ten years afterwards where we're, they're in a zombie hellscape. So... Uh, ah. It's interesting. Have you noticed since the COVID pandemic, we're not getting as many out like zombie movies? But there's still ones out there. But virus content has definitely like dribbled down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Walking Dead's never going to stop. Let's face that. No, because it's it's the undead. It really is. (laughs) (laughs) So, still with Netflix, uh, this was an interesting one that kind of shocked me. Uh, Kung Fu Panda: The Dragon Knight. It's going to be a limited series for uh, Netflix. And uh, Jack Black is returning to voice Poe for the first time since 2016. Oh, I guess he's, he's avoided had... he's avoided all the animated series before, yeah. but he's he's re- apparently he's seen something in this. He really wants to be part of it. And also, when was the last time you saw Jack Black in something? Maybe he just wants some a job for the moment. <laughs> last time I saw Jack Black in, in something <laughs> was when Tenacious D did that Beatles medley. Which was very Look, odd. I adore Jack Black. I think he's a wonderful actor and a very funny... Skadoosh. Music- <laughs> funny comedian and a great musician. But yeah, we've not seen him for a while. So maybe, yeah. So anyway, this is going to see Poe teaming with an English no-nonsense knight called The Wandering Blade to save the world. Do we know who's voicing The Wandering we Blade? We do not know anything else other than that, apart from um, writer Ben Meckler. Is is involved, and he's a very very funny guy. He's a critic. He's a he's a film critic as well, and he he's the guy who always <laughs> when he when he uh, does reactions for films, um, mm. you know, because before embargoes left, you're allowed to like do yeah. Twitter reactions. Yeah. He always puts <laughs> the most ridiculous lies in with the in in with the truth, and so many media outlets quote his Aww. quote his stuff. Like I think recently for the Batman, he said it was a really interesting choice for Matt Reeves to give Robert Pattinson a giant magnifying glass that he used in every scene. <laughs> and so many media outlets quoted him. I mean, I've not seen the Batman yet. Like I really, really hope that's the case. And again, from what I hear, it's tough to see anything on the screen during the Batman. Apparently it's so it's so visually dark. Oh man! See that really ruins movie for me because I've noticed, and this is going to sound like a whining old woman now, but I've definitely noticed, as I've got older, I'm reliant on contact lenses and glasses. But I have really noticed like my vision at night has got worse, even with like corrective lenses. Eat more in. carrots. I should eat more <laughs> carrots. But that means going to the cinema and seeing a really dark movie just becomes really tough to see. Well, okay, well, we haven't seen it at the cinema, so we'll see it on DVD. We've got really good blackout curtains, so we'll put I'm, the I'm, lights sh- on. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'll just have to turn the contrast up. <laughs> Still with Netflix, they've got so many interesting projects in development and uh, coming soon at the moment. And this this one is no exception. Irredeemable slash Incorruptible. That's two different comics 
But if you remember, Netflix did, did the same thing with Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows. They put them both uh, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which worked. <clears throat> so this is going to be an adaptation of the Boom Studios series of comics created by Mark Wade and Peter Krauss. Mark Wade is a re- legendary uh, comic book writer who worked for both Marvel and DC in his mm-hmm. tenure. Uh, and so basically the synopsis is when hero the plutonian turns mad and slaughters half of the earth only his greatest villain max damage can stop his reign of terror okay so yeah it's it's basically flipping the conventions of hero and villain yeah yeah, yeah. and it's going to be written by kemp powers uh, who recently wrote soul for pixar and is writing across the spider-verse uh for um for sony Mm -hmm. and uh directed by by James Samuel, who recently directed the Netflix western The Harder They Fall, which starred Idris Elba. And you know, this has been on my list of things to see. I just keep forgetting about it. Uh, I really want to see it. How does the Pluto man kill people? Uh, that's not specified in the synopsis. Oh. Does he have a different way to kill everybody, or does he just have one way, like, running them over? He just said he slaughters half of the Earth, so... Do you think he's just angry because he's cold? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I get grumpy when I'm cold. Yeah, you do, that's true. And you would be grumpy if you lived in Pluto. Maybe he's back to say, hey, NASA, Pluto is a planet. So finally, with this news section, it's it's time for <laughs> Disney, Hulu, Disney Plus and Star. And we're going to start this week with Echo. Echo has added veteran Native American star Graham Greene, uh, who you may know from the Green Mile and Dances with Wolves, uh, in an undisclosed role. Okay. In, in the in the upcoming Disney Plus show. I think we should see it at some point next year. Yeah. And also they've confirmed that Sydney Freeland, uh, who, who well, she directed m- many episodes of Reservation Dogs. If you haven't watched it, check it out. <clears throat> which is a great show yeah, on, on yeah. Disney Plus on Star, uh, co-created by Taika Waititi. It's, it's, yeah, and, it's a touch of little genius is Reservation Dogs. Yeah, it, it's about a bunch of young Native Americans. So Reservation Dogs, not Reservation Dogs. It's about a bunch of young Native, Native Americans uh, growing up on a reservation and dealing with life. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and and even it's an if, interesting look at the plight of the Native American in modern times. But but also, it, it's very much that story as a as a teenager. You're finding who you are, and it, even if you know nothing about you know Native people and the way they live their lives or any of that, at the end of the day, in the core of this story is just some young teenagers thinking they want to get out of where they've grown up, and. As we as all young teenagers, I'm telling you now, no matter where you come from, and most teenagers will turn around and say to you, they want to move. They want to leave that city. Oh, that yeah, town. 100%. They, I work with born. young people like that. Yeah. I they mean, can't, like, can't wait to get out from where like, they come from. I've, yeah, exactly. Just that whole, we've got to escape, got to get out. And then it's just their their little lives and how their families are all interwoven into all of it. And it's not until you get older do you <coughs> realise the complexities of where you live isn't necessarily about the locality or the house or the bricks and the mortar. It's about the people who are there. Yeah, I'd agree with that wholeheartedly. So, so yeah, so we've got writers from The Punisher and Daredevil, um, formerly Netflix shows, working on this show. We've got writers from Reservation Dogs. We've got deaf writers um, we've got we've got Native American writers and Native American director. I think this is going to be something special. I'm really excited for this. I really enjoyed seeing Echo in um, Hawkeye. And Echo, if you don't remember, yeah, you don't remember. She she debuted in Hawkeye, played by Alakwa uh-huh. Cox. Yeah. And uh, wonderful yeah. actor. She really Incredibly is. Incredibly fit. She did so <clears> much <throat> of her own stunts, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. She's she's a fantastic um, actress. 
And um, yeah, so, so speaking of Daredevil, um, according to a listing in Production Weekly, a Daredevil Disney Plus show, whether it's a season four continuation of the Netflix series or a brand new reboot, will start shooting in October of this year. So excited for that. Uh, Charlie Cox has been using the term born again. Uh, when he refers to Daredevil's MCU future, which I see as a nod to the classic Frank Miller uh, arc in the comics, also called Born Again. Okay. Um, yeah, which basically saw him lose everything and mm. and build it back up again, uh, hence Born Again. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I absolutely love Daredevil as a character, and I love Charlie Cox I, as an yeah, actor. Yeah, I mean, I think a Daredevil rewatch is coming at some point. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's all on Disney Plus now. So. Yeah. And and if you haven't watched Daredevil, I highly recommend you go back and watch them, um, because I think as a standalone show, even though you know we're not too sure how they fit in with the MCU now, not at all, no. Um, like I still think there's a lot in there that's worth watching, and I really enjoyed characters like uh, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Punisher, and, and oh, loved the Punisher. Yeah, unfortunately, G two is a uh, logo being adopted by. Um... Alt-right people. I don't think we're going to see the Punisher again for some time. Oh shit! It really? Might be in a different. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. It's it's a shame. Uh, they've even changed the symbol in the comics from from what it was. No, really, I didn't realise that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but we look into the future of Disney Plus now. Secret Invasion, and Samuel L. Jackson strikes again. No. <laughs> you remember last week? Uh, we revealed that he revealed that. Um, that someone, someone he shouldn't have uh, was was going to be in uh, in Secret Invasion while well, he's done it again, uh, because he's, he's he's saying his golfing buddy Don Cheadle, <laughs> War Machine James Rhodes himself, is going to be in the series too, and they're going to share the screen for the first time. This confirms the leaked newspaper that we saw from the set in Halifax a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, War Machine. You can't tell Secret Samuel Invasion. Jackson off, can you? He's I confirmed. Mean... No, and that's not all he said. He's also um, said that he he's, he's going to be in Ant Man three as well. Oh, <laughs> so, cool. Yeah, he said a lot of things in that interview. He said uh, he's talked with Bryce Dallas Howard uh, about possibly returning as Mace Windu in an upcoming uh, Star Wars project. I mean, he is the only person who wields a pink lightsaber, it's or a it's purpley pinky purple, but. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's a the fabulous lightsaber choice. that says "bad mother foe" on it. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's 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 the one. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'd happily see more Mace Windu on the screen. He's got a lot to answer for. We saw quite a bit of. Well, him yeah, in, Anakin um, basically threw him out of a window. Yeah. In uh, Revenge of the Sith. Sorry if you haven't seen Revenge of the Sith, but really. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he got held onto the streets of Coruscant uh-huh. from quite high up. Yeah, he I did. mean, maybe he survived or maybe they're just talking but, about but we see quite a bit of mace windu hanging around um during rebels and clone wars don't we, we uh, in um what's the place where they all go to make the laws the jedi temple <laughs> no, with padme what's that called place they make the laws <laughs> hurting really bad now never mind let's we're, let's we're let's Palpatine. move on back let's move back to marvel huh the senate thank you senate. oh gosh i don't know you could oh, hear I, sorry i thought you meant a planet or something <laughs> the galactic senate on coruscant yeah. right okay good. we saw him in the 
wasn't it? <clears throat> Sorry, my brain was working overtime to try and work out what that word was then. Uh, but yeah, we see Mace Windu around the Senate quite often and we see what he's up to. And again, it harbours back to my theory that Jedi aren't as clear cut as they seem. Yeah, so we've got one more piece of Marvel news and then then we'll talk about Star Wars again. Okay, okay so uh, Deadpool 3 is very excitingly going to be a co-production between Marvel Studios and Ryan Reynolds' production um, company Maximum Effort. No, from the line in Deadpool, Maximum Effort. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool. Um, so basically, um, Marvel are leaning to Ryan Reynolds with creative control. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna make the movie and he's gonna pay for it. Uh, his production company are gonna pay for it. It's gonna be an R-rated movie. Sean Levy's gonna direct it. We've got the original writers back on board as well as the Bob's Burgers Great North writers too. Oh, great. Um, yeah, I, I I can't see this not being one of the most fantastic movies of all time <laughs> when it, when we finally get it. Don't you just think it's really wonderful to see how Paul Rudd's really put his heart, soul, and literally everything into getting Deadpool to the forefront of. Ryan Reynolds has. Right. What did I just say? You said Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. I'm sure he feels the same way about Ant-Man, <laughs> though. I don't know whether he'd pony up for it. No, no, no. But... I don't think it's just wonderful how he just really put his heart and soul into this, really pushing it and moving it forward and making sure that everyone got to see Deadpool in the way that he wants people to see Deadpool. Yeah, because you know, the way he turned up in X-Men and Origin Wolverine was not the way that we anyone wanted to see. I honestly, like, when I first saw the first Deadpool movie... And you said to me, do you not remember seeing Deadpool in X-Men? I was like, no. I was like, no. Because <laughs> I didn't realise who that was. I had no... Rec- like, I, I, did they even call him by name? I'm not sure. Like, uh, No, no, they didn't. They, they called him Wade Wilson at the start. Yeah. And to be fair, he was quite funny in his first scene. But, um, yeah, once uh, they barracked him, mm. that was it. But they do reference that in Deadpool 2. Yeah, it's, they uh, do. Very, yeah. Very funny. Um, so yeah, so the last bit of news we got this week is Mandalorian season three, and Christopher Lloyd has signed on to be a guest star for at least one episode. Christopher Lloyd, Back to the Future, The Adams Family, Roger Rabbit fame, classic actor in the Mandalorian. Who do you reckon he's gonna be? I don't know. <laughs> I've got to give him quite a um, like a dutiful role. Do you not think? Yeah, it'd have to be something with some weight behind it to get him to sign on. Yeah, yeah. My boggles. That's quite exciting, though. Yeah, and that's it for news this week. We just have a couple of in-memoriams. William Hurt, uh, he played uh, General Thunderbolt Ross in uh, MCU movies like The Incredible Hulk and Age of Ultron. Passed away at the age of 71 last week. It's no age, um, is it, 71? and And pro wrestler Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, Unfortunately, passed away due to complications with heart surgery, and he was 63. Oh, shame. So, uh, yeah, they'll be missed. And uh, now it's time to talk about Miss Marvel. Oh, have you shared the trailer on our... Yes, it's on uh, IMJDB Podcast on Twitter. Amazing, because we were both flabbergasted watching the trailer, weren't we? Yeah, and and what, what what's really exciting... Uh, to, to me mostly is we're actually going to get a marvel project and a star wars project crossing over and being released on the same day so this releases on june the 8th which is the same day the third episode of obi-wan kenobi drops so be sport for choice that day well it's okay to watch both of course as well yeah but not at the same time <laughs> one of them's got to take for i know 
Anyway, the eighth of June. I think that just harbours onto that Disney's now got to realise that it can't hang on to its big properties and release it drift no. feet at a time. They've, they've got, got to just start Yeah, they've got to put stuff, stuff like the Bad Batch and yeah. um, and uh, What If out at the same time that a, yeah. a Star Wars show or a Marvel show airing. Mm-hmm. And this is what this is what I sign up to Disney Plus for, stuff like this. Yeah, I want yeah, content yeah. like this every day. Keep making that content, yeah. Disney. Anyway, sorry, over to you. Exactly. So, as you say, we know we've got six episodes coming of this little mini-series, all focused on Miss Marvel. Um, so as the trailer opens, we can see the young teenager um, who I think you said she's only fifteen, isn't she? Camila Camila Khan. Kam- Kamala Khan. Kamala yeah, Khan. Is, uh, Thank yeah, you. Uh, I say Kam- Camila as a because actually in the trailer they she corrects everyone who says it that way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's kind of like a running it's, joke. It's Kamala. Yeah. Um. So we see her walking, um, into her school. Uh, we've got. That song, you mentioned it, The Weekend Blinding Lights, everywhere yeah, at yeah. the moment. It really is. Um, she's sitting in her, in what we assume is her counsellor's high school office. and Guidance counsellor. Yeah, yeah. guidance counsellor. Um, and we've got loads of things that harbour back to that kind of similar... I remember that scene in the comic, actually. Yeah. It's really close adaptation from what I've seen. Yeah, we've kind of got this... Um, view as if it's like a live panel comic book. So in the same way that they sort of filmed like Into the Spider Verse, it kind of you'll see the the framing and the and so uh, the title sequences in the MCU Spider Man movies yeah. as well. Very punky, very yeah, that's right. Comic booky, Scott Pilgrim esque. Yeah, exactly. Um, what you might notice really interestingly on the counselor's desk is he's got a, a nameplate that says GWW as a nod to G Willow Wilson. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't catch that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's very cool. Yeah, well, I noticed it on the desk. I was like, "What does GWW stand for?" G Willow Wilson, of course, yeah, was yeah. the original writer of Miss Marvel. That's right. So we've got that plaque on there. So I'm assuming her counselor has shares those initials, which <laughs> I thought was quite a sweet little nod. Um, so yeah, we've got this young teenager. She comes out. Uh, into the corridor and she's marking around with, uh, she's got her best friends there her best friend is a chap called Bruno but of course we don't talk about Bruno no 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 um, and uh, enough of that. she has her what appears to be perhaps a homemade female Avengers t-shirt on oh yeah um, and I love the, they kept the fangirl aspects of Kamala as well that yeah, was one of the yeah. most fun things of the comic book yeah, so she's evidently quite crafty. Um, huge, huge Carol Danvers fangirl. She's absolutely, yeah, besotted with the Avengers, in particular Captain Marvel, and everything that they kind of aspire to be, she wants to be. Um, and, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we see lots of references to Captain Marvel in her house, in her bedroom. She's painted her own jacket that looks like her. Um, but what's really interesting... <laughs> yeah, the cosplay is really cute, yeah. Uh, but what's really interesting to see, and you noticed this when we first watched the trailer, is that mm-hmm. we see a point in a moment where she becomes Miss Marvel and she hasn't got the same powers in the TV they've, show they've changed up her powers as set, she yeah. has in the comic book. So if you're not aware, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding in the comic, she basically gets a random moment of uh, terrogenesis. Where, yeah, there's uh, a terrogen bomb that was uh, tying into one of the big crossovers at the time that explodes in New Jersey. Yeah, and that means... I don't she, think it was meant to, but I think it got knocked off course. 
yeah. and exploded in New Jersey instead of New York. I think that was what happened. And she was just in the crossfire of that, which meant that she had these powers of more photo, uh, photogeneticists, <clears throat> which means that all her little atoms can change into whatever size, shape, appearance, at her will, and even through time. Um, and essentially, she... The Terran Genesis brought out her inhuman powers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but of course, we don't want to be linking back to inhumans. That was a <coughs> because bit, it's terrible. Bit <coughs> of a flop. So what they've done, which I thought was really interesting, actually, I personally preferred this kind of style. Um, that we see at some point some a box in a assumed basement, and she uh-huh. opens the box, and inside is a pair of gauntlets. And the fan theory is that maybe these gauntlets are the quantum bands. Oh, yeah. Quasar, baby. (laughs) She puts on these bands. I like it. Even though Quasar is not in the MCU yet. Yet. (laughs) Yet. Ooh, Quasar confirmed? (laughs) Maybe. Interesting, interesting. But she puts on these quantum bands and that is something happens to her which then gives her these abilities to meld and move cosmic energy and cosmic power very similar to Captain Marvel. So... If you've ever read the comic books, you've ever had a look through the the books, you'll notice that uh, Miss Marvel obviously has these lovely, big, weird, wobbly hand punches. She doesn't really have that in the trailers. Instead, she can move and push force and move and push energy. Um, and it seems that maybe we she's using some some kind of this quantum energy, this protector of the universe energy, maybe even moving through the quantum realm. Hello, Ant-Man! Oh, okay. That's, that's a link I didn't see. Um, which is really interesting. But also, I don't know about you, but rather than her being hit with a random gassing in the comics, could she yeah, have that's, been... that's one way to put could it. Could yeah. she have been chosen to be the wielder of these gauntlets? Because, I mean, I mean they're I, not going to be held by anybody. I do understand why they decided to change the power set for the show I think I even read a little interview with the creator of the comic he said she understands that uh, the, the way that they portray our powers in the comics might not translate to the TV yeah or movies as I mean and you got to think because as I said Miss Marvel Secret Invasion and the Marvels is a trilogy she's going to be on a big Hollywood movie she's going to be on the big screen with Ex- exactly. Carol Danvers she can't look she can't look silly, Cheap. exactly. But it also, can't look like a CW show. Oh yes, I went there. Exactly, but also this is a young Avenger. We've now met. Yeah. Um, we've we've had a thingy from Hawkeye. What's her name? Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop from yeah. Hawkeye. We've now got Miss Marvel. Yeah, we've so we've seeing... seen the Patriot in yeah. uh, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's right. We're getting... We've seen the the twins in One Division. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bit younger than they are in the yeah. books, but but we are building. Oh, and now... Cassie Lang in Ant Man. Yeah, we are building towards this this group of young, <sighs> Avengers. Young, young Avengers. So you so can't bad. have somebody who doesn't fit with that mold, and also. Let's face it, this is a young actress who's in her first big role. Yeah, she's, she's the, 19. Yeah. Yeah, 19 years old. So, yeah, maybe. she's quite a, young, quite a young person anyway, but she's also the first representation of a young girl who has got Muslim heritage. We see this in, in the trailer. She's got very strong family ties. She's obviously a very family-centric young person. Um, she's now got to balance this life of... Being a superhero with superhero powers, her family have got in the middle of this. We see cars and stuff in the trailer. Um, and how do you balance that at 15? Suddenly the weight of the world's on your shoulders. I mean, only Spider-Man can relate. Yeah, and, and you're still worried about your crush, who we do see in the trailer. And of so, course, in the comics, Spider-Man and, um, and Kamala are big friends. Yeah, because they would be, because they're going through the same thing. But not, but not the one you think. 
Miles oh, Morales. Oh. <laughs> Miles Morales is a is a yeah is a huge friend of uh, Kamala Khan. Um, one thing I will say about the, about reading the comic, it, it gave me the same kind of feeling as when I read Spider Man for the first time. Yeah. That kind of fresh, really enjoyable, like back back the old, the old Stan Lee pen stories. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it felt like something completely new and different. Yeah, and there was and, even yeah, I've really been looking forward to this show. <laughs> and there were some bits, wasn't there? Like when she's sitting on that lamppost that harbors back to not only comic book number four, I think it was, but there was lots of scenes which were directly out of the comics. But also, as you say, sitting on a lamppost, very Spider-Man. That's right, yeah. Staring staring across the river at New York, wishing yeah, yeah. she could be there. Yeah. And... <laughs> and stuck in New Jersey, which I'm sure a lot of people in New Jersey can relate to. <laughs> but as we know, sometimes what you wish for isn't really what you actually want in the end. Oh, so she's back to what you said earlier. Yeah, yeah, so she's got to kind of balance this becoming a young woman, understanding who she is, her place in the world, her place between two different cultures the place with you know just the fact that she's trying to work out which is at 15 you're a big bag of wobbly squishy smelly hormones you've got no idea who you are and there she is suddenly now with the literally on the world stage the power of the the universe at her fingertips it's and yeah let's face it puberty was messy for most of us she has to do it in the the spotlight just like spider-man but he got out of it of course because now no one remembers who spider-man is yeah, yeah, I'd agree with all of that. Yeah, tough life. Yeah, nice. Mm. Yeah, so that's Miss Marvel, and that starts uh, on the 8th of June on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I cannot wait. I'm really looking forward to that. And then the other trailer, which came out um, this <laughs> yeah, week... Yeah, yeah, I nearly uh, missed this. Just for cute and fluffiness, um, was <laughs> Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, um, which is the second solo movie focused on Puss in Boots. And um, if you haven't... We per- I haven't personally seen the first Puss in, Bo- Puss in Boots movie. It is available on Netflix, though, so maybe, okay. maybe we should look into I it. I think we would. I do but... remember the character from Shrek 2, though. Yeah, me too. Antonio Banderas returning to the role Summer Hayek there as well. <laughs> yeah. And a powerhouse new cast, including Florence Pugh, Olivia Coleman, Samson Ko, Harvey Gillen. Again, Harvey Gillen. He's getting everywhere nowadays. Yeah. So it focuses on Puss in Boots um, being a bit of a celebrity in a pub, drinking up loads of milk. Um, he basically is boasting about all these wonderful names he's been given, including the Stabby Tabby, which is my personal favourite. <laughs> yeah, he did like um, and he's he's fighting a monster in the town, and all the all the townsfolk are like clapping and cheering him on, and he's evidently very loved by people. And um, he's being a bit boastful, and then he gets killed by the big church bell. <laughs> yeah, that was a shock. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect it. I was like, oh gosh, they've just killed him. And he gets brought round by the doctor or the vet. Uh, and basically Puss is like, hey, it's fine, I've got nine lives. And the doctor turns to him and says, well, hang on a second, how many have you used up? And he's like, well, maybe. And he goes through all these different lives where he's, he, in moments he's died. Personal favourite one that we saw was, um, turns out it's allergic to shellfish, which gave him hypo, uh, which gave him this big hypo, uh, allergy. Uh, and he all cat swelled that's up. allergic to shellfish. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they realise, oh dear, he's died eight times before. He's on his ninth life. 
Um, so Puss then starts to have to think about what is he going to do with his last life. Well, it turns out he might take on the crime syndicate of uh, Goldlocks and the Three Bears. <laughs> um, as you do, with an adorable lady cat. And they're both do the cutest big kitty eyes. Oh, it's so cute. And then there's a dog, because why that, not? Is that he Kitty just... Softpaws oh, by Kit- Selma Hayek? Kitty Softpaws, is that her name? Um, I think it looks really cute. I think the animation style looks great. Um and I think the Shrek movies and that whole little universe are quite endearing. It's yeah. quite a funny little thing. So. Quite a wait for this one, though. I think it's September. Yeah, yeah, yeah quite a little way off. Um, <laughs> but but as as we've heard from all the news before, there's a lot of content coming over the summer. And traditionally, we used to have a bit of a drought during the summer, didn't we, for good TV and movie? Yeah. Knowing full it well... It doesn't look like this year, though. No, no, no. Which, is re- <laughs> which, again, is really interesting because, of course, it made sense why um, producers and, and channels wouldn't put out really great content in the summer. Because most people aren't home. They're outdoors. They're enjoying the sunshine. But actually, in the last couple of years of the pandemic, people have had to change the way they live their lives. So streaming services have put out content continuously through the year. And now there's expectation that it's there. Yeah. And this week especially, streaming services have been hitting out of the park. Yeah. I mean, we've had uh, The Adam Project on Netflix. That was a great movie. Really, really, really good. Oh, so this guy directed Free Guy as well. And he's yeah. and that, as we learned, he's directing Deadpool 2. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be three for three with Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And, and if... Yeah, I know. It was a great movie, so go and watch that if you haven't already. Yeah, it's the kind of film you don't think they make anymore. You know, sort of like Back to the Future, E.T., that that, that, that kind of feel to it. Big family sci-fi adventure. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, his, his, his name I can't quite remember, but the kid the kid that plays the younger version of Ryan oh, Reynolds is he fantastic. He spent ages with Ryan Reynolds because he had his mannerisms down to a T. It was really <laughs> adorable, really great. So and there then, was that. And it would be really amiss if we didn't mention Turning Red. Yes, my goodness. We've been looking forward to this one for quite mm-hmm. some time. And it did not disappoint at all. It didn't disappoint. So and, that... and if you haven't watched it, please go and watch it. Because, again, it feels very different to yes. most Disney movies. Basically, the old guard at Pixar are gone. They've all gone to Skydance Media, basically. Yeah, and <laughs> what has been left behind... Don't be she who directed the fantastic little short Bow. You can yeah. find it on Disney+. Plus. It's about a sentient Bow bun. Oh, it's so cute. Uh, it's amazing. But it makes you hungry and cry all at the same time. But watching Bow, I never uh, thought that Domi Shi could be capable of something like this. this but is she did. She hits out the park. Perfect. And, the yeah, Billie Eilish and their brother wrote some brand new boy band, uh, 2000s <laughs> boy band songs yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's about a red panda. So that's in, completely in your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's again, it's just this coming-of-age story, isn't it? It's about being a young person, getting through puberty, realising, actually, you know, everybody goes through puberty. Yeah. You all turn to smelly gross messes. She just turns into a red panda, you know? <laughs> so how do you cope with that? It's really endearing. One to watch with the family. Hi, and an all-female creative out. team. And they have done a great job. It's a really different feel for Disney, like not just in storyline, but in the sense of the animation starts really soft. It's got lots of anime hints of it. I really liked it. I felt quite, it felt quite refreshing. Yeah, so five out of five jickies for Turning Red. And how, how many for 100%. Adam Project? Oh, for me, I'd say maybe a four. Really? I liked the Adam Project. You got more out of it. But I, I uh, loved it. Okay, we're going to disagree on that. Four out of five jickies <laughs> for the Adam Project and five for Turning Red. Anything else you want to mention? Uh, again, of course, if you're not watching Snowpiercer, what are you doing? Yes, Snowpiercer, 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 Snowp
It's on Netflix. You need to go and watch it. Um, that is my biggest recommendation for you all. But if there's anything Always that, that yeah, I love Snowpiercer, but if there's anything that you, that we're watching or that you're watching that we're not watching, do drop us a message at I am JDB Podcast on Twitter. And fabulous. Give us your opinions on uh, what you thought of Turning Red. Let us know what you thought of the um, trailer for Miss Marvel and for Puss in Boots uh, uh, 2. That'd be great. Indeed it would. And don't forget to rate us five stars on Apple or Spotify and leave us a nice review on Apple, on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And do you know what I'm really disappointed about this week, Jim? Oh, no pictures of cats. Yeah, I asked people last week to send me yes, pictures she, of your cats. She, she did didn't. plead for pictures of cats. Doesn't doesn't have to be pictures of cats. It could be of any of your pets. <laughs> okay, so we're widening the net now. <laughs> any of your pets, send them to our Twitter account at imjdbpodcast. That's all from me this week. Goodbye from me. Bye from me. And send Send it to the the internet. internet.